1: there folks we're back with vermont viewpoint this is pat mcdonald your host for the next hour on wdev joining me is bob nelson who's the owner of nelson ace hardware in barry vermont bob welcome to the show good morning good morning thanks for joining us i know could you tell me what time you have to leave a little early um because you've got i need to leave
0: about five minutes of 11
1: oh Okay, we can do that. I will just uh remind people what we've been talking about the last the last hour, all the events that are happening. Barry Homecoming this week what well, started now but this weekend I'm, I'll see yeah. you there. So Bob, you are so well known in Barrytown and Barry City. And I started making a list that uh, of all of the the boards and committees you've been on. Do you do you have that in your head? Can you share all those things with us what you've uh, done over the years?
0: I can. So I, I don't know if being if being well known is a good thing or a bad thing. I'm it's not a sure if that makes me famous thing. or infamous. Uh, one of
1: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> It's a um, good thing.
0: Yes, uh, you know, I, I will tell you that this is our 40th year in business. Um, I started uh, at eight, age 18. My investment in the hardware store was um, my college education. My folks said, "We'll send you to college." And uh I said, you know, I like business, and my dad had been very successful in uh his current business at the time, and I said, I think I can probably learn something from him. I don't think I need to go to school. So, uh yeah, 40 years ago, um, next month, as a matter of fact, we started. And um, I've been, at that time, I joined the Berry Merchants Bureau, for those that have been around long enough to remember oh. that. I was on the Berry Merchants Bureau as vice president of that and somewhere around 1999 or 1998 we morphed into the Barrie Partnership uh, and I've been on the board, I've been vice president of the board, I've been president of the board at least twice. Uh and uh and still uh active uh with them. I try to help uh, Tracy who does uh in her board which do phenomenal job here in Barry uh promoting the Berry community and all the good events that they they put on uh that showcases the the great things about our communities. And I've also I'm currently on the Berrytown Town Select Board. I'm serving this is my 7th year. Uh my intention is to fulfill my last 3 year term here and I'll all have had 9 years on there unless something changes uh and I and I go for another term. I'm currently the chair of the police advisory committee in barry city and i've been that for i believe four years worked with uh tim bombardier Thanks. previously and now uh chief brad Vale. who um, this is a very very active committee uh there's it's, there's five of us on it and uh, we get a lot of work done uh chief Vales uh, we've been mostly what we've been doing at this point is reviewing policies the different policies uh, tim 's policies were different than Chief Vale, so we sort of started over when Chief Vale came on board and um, we found his policies uh, have been very easy to maneuver uh, they 're not only good for uh, their the officers they're also good for the community at large that the officers serve so uh, i've been very proud of the work that the the police advisory committee has done um, I've been on the Barrytown Budget Committee. Uh, As a select board member, you're, you're on there anyway, but I did the Budget Committee for two or three years prior to that. My reasoning for that, and I'll, and I'll put a pitch out there for anyone that lives in Barrytown that is listening, uh, the Budget Committee basically reviews all of the budget. So if you want to know where your tax dollars are being spent, this is a good place to start, particularly if you're thinking maybe that you want to do something else, whether it's to be on a different committee or whether it's to run for select board or something similar, this is a good good way to start because it really sends home uh, where all the tax dollars are being spent and how they're being spent. More more importantly, um, I have uh, I've done a number of other things here and there. I've been on committees. Uh, for state government I've been on committees for the city I've been on some committees uh in the town as well and uh the other thing that I noticed that you put on my list was
1: uh <laughs>
0: native tongue uh band that uh is celebrating 30 years uh, this year oh. uh yes uh one of my guitar players and myself have been together for 30 years uh and another has been 28 years and uh, the rest of them came along, we've been together probably ten years. Uh there's two versions of the band. There's an acoustic version that we use to play at pubs and uh well in celebrations and any, anybody that wants to hire us I guess. And uh we also do it at restaurants, a little bit quieter. More uh what you would you would find, um a lot of seventies close harmony kind of things. Um yeah. imagine the band America uh for instance. Uh, or in the Eagles, and then there's the full-blown rock and roll version, which uh, is playing Saturday night in the park uh, for the Berry Heritage Festival. We are on from 7 to 8.45 or so, I think, or maybe 7.30, and uh, we look forward to this. We've, I think we've missed two since the uh, Heritage Festival has come back, and um, so we're happy to do that every year we're looking forward to that uh we've got uh we've got some some great music planned some it's all music that everybody's going to know for the most part
1: great and there and i read that there's you do some original tunes too so who's the um who does that in your band
0: well we write as a group uh ah. particularly the um the lyrics uh it, a lot of it fell to me. Each of us brings uh, something different lyrically. Uh, I wrote a number of the songs that are on our album, and uh, some of the other members of the band uh, chip in. So it's it's sort of a uh, it's a team effort. It's a band effort. That's great. You know, we bring now, somebody, I, I, something, bring something in, and
1: you. I can't remember where I saw you, but you know what? When you don't know, then there, I'm like, I know that guy. I know, and I knew Mike Striesberg. I know there was a couple in there. I I said, my gosh. Where do you get the time um seriously, you have so busy um you're just amazing you um you said, and I, I read an article when I was getting ready for the show that there's been you said there's been a Nelson serving Central Vermont for over one hundred years. That's a long time, Bob, yes, uh, it is, and a lot to be proud of. I'm sure it started back i with Milo. Milo Algernon Nelson, who yes. sold international harvest farm equipment in Montpelier, Middlesex, and it went on from yeah. there. Yes,
0: um, yes. My my dad's grandfather had a farm uh, down in Middlesex. If folks are familiar with uh, the Three Mile Bridge Road, uh, yes. it was down there, and um, he sold... As you say, farm equipment, he had a uh, place where they uh, used to hold the Montpelier Farmer's Market. There's the building there, and I'm not sure what it is now, but it kind of sets up a little bit. That's where he sold his farm equipment. And in the 1926 flood, my father tells the story how he lost all of his farm equipment. They were out on the rails. They had not been unloaded yet. They were on the, the trains. And he lost everything, every single piece of equipment. And uh, he, uh, International Harvester, got him new equipment so that he could stay in business and help serve the farmers uh, in central Vermont. And uh, he, my grand, great grandfather, was very proud of the fact that he paid International Harvester back for every dime of the lost wow. equipment over the over the course of years.
1: Great history. That's great. And I've I read something. I'm cracking up. Uh, Meriden Harold Nelson was uh, in, in your. Uh, uh, Family's uh, chain here, and he sold Philco radios. I haven't heard that word Philco. I don't know how many years, and I just laughed. I said, "Oh my God, there's something I I remember." Yeah. Um, and, and I just laughed at it because I thought, "My God, things have changed so much." Um, and Isn't it I- amazing how
0: it, how it has? Yes, my uh, my grandfather uh, did. He sold uh, milking equipment. He helped, and he helped um, you know service the milking equipment during the war. That was one of the reasons he was an electrician by trade, and he had some refrigeration experience, and that was one of the uh, the reasons that he sort of stayed uh, back during the wars because he could help keep all of the cooling equipment so that there would be fresh milk for everybody. Isn't
1: that amazing? What a yep. great history. And then you had the Nelson brothers who had four locations, I think it was Carroll, Kenny, Milo, and Meriden. Was that... The
0: names of the brothers? One, two, three, uh, no, Meriden was my grandfather, so uh, Carol, Kenny, and Milo started Nelson Brothers,
1: ah, okay. I think, in
0: 1955, and um, they were in business until the mid-80s. My father um, divested himself from Nelson Brothers when I graduated from high school, and we decided to start uh, Nelson Hardware, and... Um, they lasted a, a few years afterwards. The two brothers, remaining brothers, sold the the business to someone else, and that person moved it out onto the Barrymont Montpelier Road for a brief amount of time, and uh, it didn't didn't last. I think by maybe eighty six or eighty seven, it was gone. Wow! wow. Yep.
1: What a great uh, legacy, though. Still, so cool. I'm really I'm still laughing about it. Still, so cool. I- <laughs> And
0: the radios all had tubes in them.
1: Exactly, mm-hmm.
0: and your younger I, listeners I had, are going to. I had
1: Oops. a TV one time that had all tubes, and I it died, so I bought all new tubes and I changed the tubes, and I took three electric cords and put them together before I plugged it in because I wanted to be about as far away from that TV as I could get <laughs> in case it exploded. But it worked, so I was very proud of myself. Uh-huh. Yeah, those are the days. How old yep. are we? Um, anyway, um, and then your your store itself—they told at the historic Eastman and Mar block and um it, it you've expanded uh, several times over the years, and yep. it, you have to maintain it in the historic fashion every time you you do something Craig, because it's part of the historic district, which I think it looks fabulous the store
0: thank you yes you really as you look at the the front of our buildings or um and even to some extent, the rear, but mostly the main street facing portion you'll see that it is it's very uh historic looking historic colors um uh, that uh, I got to give that all that credit to my dad is he he had a vision um and and part of it was because uh we went through historic preservation and and you know yep. they certainly had some input, but my dad's vision for the properties was that they would look uh be Fairly historically accurate, which is why you see some of the old milk glass tiles in one of the buildings, and why uh, they have the big windows and the columns that you see uh, on the front of our buildings. So I'm very proud of that, and you know it's my uh, my part of the legacy at this point. Um, as my dad is is uh, fond to tell me as he drives by and tells me everything that's wrong with it, uh, is to is to keep it up. Make sure that it's got fresh paint. Make sure that it's yep. patched and clean and swept. And uh, that's so that's the, my part of the legacy was is e- is easy. My dad's my dad's part, and he he was a guy that had that vision.
1: Bob, I have to tell you, the was it this last St. Patty's Day that the Central Vermont Chamber honored you as the Man of the Year, and uh, my husband and I went, and also joining you were all of the um, sailors who were here from the USS Vermont. And you brought your dad up on stage or up by the podium, and it just touched me really, um, really hard or emotionally how much you could just tell how close you were to your dad and how much, if I used the word, loved him, but how much you just admired and loved him. It was really nice to see that, and I um, I thank you for that moment because I thought about it from time to time, and I thought, how nice. That, that you wanted to share that with all of the people in the room and you certainly deserve the accolades, that's for sure. There were some people stood up and, and chatted about you and your contribution to the to the community and um so I just wanted to thank you for that.
0: That thank was you. pretty special. Thank you. My uh, uh, uh my dad's and my relationship is uh is tremendous, yes. Uh, yeah. if if I don't see him every day I call him sometimes twice a day to check in on him uh he's 91 years old and uh for those that know him you know he's uh he's still carol nelson he's uh going 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 he's not afraid to tell you what he thinks uh and not afraid to tell you what you should be doing particularly if you're his child uh especially his son <laughs> Take
1: him and, to
0: uh, you there, Bob. i uh i think that uh you know i think he's He's happy and proud with what Linda and I have have done with the hardware store. Uh, We've taken it from, um, you know, a little store in 3,500 square feet, and uh, pretty soon, within the the next month or so, uh, we're going to be at about 14,000 square feet. So uh, we've we've grown substantially in the last uh, 40 years, for sure.
1: Well, I have to tell you, I... I, I used to buy one thing in your store, and I would run in from the back door, go buy it, and then leave. Um, I was—I used to buy constantly, buy the metal rings for the top of the stove. Mm-hmm. I am very sloppy cooker, so I instead of cleaning them, I used to buy new ones. But so I never really went through your store except when I went in this weekend. Um, one of your salespeople, who was fabulous by the way, was helping me with some ideas he had about uh, how to solve my problem. And we walked and walked and walked, and I'm like, what? This place goes on forever. You have everything there. It's just i love hardware stores anyway. um, But you had some experiences recently with the – and I wanted to talk about that for the show about what they're calling now the Great Vermont Flood of uh, 10, 11 July 2023. Um, Can you talk about – You know, who called you? How did you know there was trouble downtown? Um, When did they let you in? And and worst of all, what did you see? It was—I can't imagine.
0: Um, Sure, I can do that. um, It's—I don't know—I don't know about great Vermont flood because, as far as I'm (laughs) concerned, there wasn't anything great about it. But uh, well,
1: that's a good good point.
0: (laughs) We—you know—on Monday, uh, the governor had said, "Hey, we're going to have some flooding." Uh The city had said, hey, we're going to have some flooding, so we took that to heart. I sent a crew downstairs, and they got a lot of our product up off of the floor and onto some shelving that was about four foot high. We left the inexpensive stuff, the paper towels and that kind of stuff, down on the bottom because there just wasn't enough space to put everything up high. If I'd had any clue, if I was smarter, frankly, I would have brought the more expensive stuff upstairs but nobody could have predicted what happened nobody did predict what had happened what would happen and the problem that was the problem so four o'clock monday afternoon i could see the water coming up over the edge of the sidewalk at the front of our store and i said to my staff we got to get the stuff in we got to get shut down and you guys need to get home because i need i need to make sure that you're safe uh they were out of here by about 20 after four I left about 5 o'clock. When I left, there was water coming in through the seams and the cracks in the basement, and it was coming in underneath the front doors uh, of our entrance. When I walked out to my truck out behind the store, to be fair, there's a low spot out there. There's a little bit of a uh, a low spot, but the water was knee-deep. I was concerned about whether my truck was going to run with its tailpipe covered with water. The next morning, of course, we listened to... uh, WDEV, we listened to, we watched social media, and uh, I w- were told that the city didn't want anybody downtown until noon. Uh, shortly after that, I started getting pictures of the front of my business with the sidewalk being dry, covered with mud, having little puddles. And I said, well, if people are down there taking pictures uh, for social media, I bet we can get down there. So Linda and I got here about nine o'clock in the morning. And the first thing I did was check our basements. And when I opened up the first door, we have three basements, um, one in the building that uh, we currently rent. And then the other two buildings that Linda and I own, all three basements had water up to the top step. We had some power issues. One of the buildings that was underwater still had lights on on the first floor. And uh, I texted my electrician and said, hey, I got lights on, but there's water covering the panel, and he said, I'm on my way, don't touch anything. That's right. So he came down and pulled the meter so that we would be at least be, feel a little bit safer. We started shoveling the mud out of the store, the uh, first floor where our entrance is. That building is a little bit lower than the other two buildings. Had a couple inches of water in it and mud. Uh, We started shoveling the mud. I called my crew. My staff and they—they um, right. they worked so hard.
1: Yeah. For that mud was like cement. I oh, never, it's awful. I tried to help somebody. I lasted a, like a half a day, and they finally gave me something else to do. I couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah. I—I
0: uh, I can't, can't. I literally, I cannot verbalize how appreciative I, I am of. Um, Our staff, they're, they're, you know, I say this is our little hardware family, and it is, and we work uh, like only family does um, those first few days. Everybody understood that um, I wanted to make sure we were all safe. I wanted to make sure that we took care of everything that we could on the first floor because we needed to get open as quickly as possible because there were thousands of people out there that needed their hardware store to be able to take care of the problems in their basement. They needed sump pumps, and they needed fans, and dehumidifiers, and shovels, and all the cleaning supplies, and gloves, and all of those things. And uh, I was fortunate enough to to have a good relationship with the folks at our warehouse in in New York, uh, Wilton, New York. And I called them and said, "Look, this is what's happened. Um, we need we need a bunch of product." For tomorrow morning, so uh, that was Tuesday, Wednesday morning. We had a truck here full of dehumidifiers and fans and all the things that I just mentioned. They were here at 7 o'clock. By 9 o'clock, we had what I call a soft opening. Our rear entrance was open. I wasn't shouting it to the world because we still didn't have power in two of the buildings. Uh, eventually we got that the power issue solved, but we, we basically were open at our rear door only for two weeks.
1: Bob, I, I read somewhere that you had nine feet of water, which clearly meant it went to the first floor, as you were saying, coming in the front door. And I know you called at one point, you called WDEV and asked people for help to come down and and help. I, I helped one person for a half a day trying to get their basement, uh, get the mud out of their basement. Where did all that mud come from? Montpelier didn't, didn't have it. I mean, what some mud is missing somewhere because it was all in Barry and all the side streets it was just awful
0: that's an interesting question and I don't know as I can I can answer it for you you know uh Barry City sits in uh, a valley in a bowl yeah. basically and I mean we know that there were mudslides we know that the, the ground was uh super soaked if you will it was oversaturated and a, a lot of that I'm guessing a lot of that was part from that i think some of it was partly from uh the streams and the rivers that overflowed uh we've seen the devastation that that kind of you know we saw that in 2011 for sure with irene uh with what it it did to the streams and the rivers yeah. and we certainly have seen it again if you've driven out towards marshfield you can see uh how much of the river bed is in the fields out there
1: right right marshfield always gets uh Gets water out there. It's terrible. Yeah, but where
0: so much of it came from, I I don't know if I've heard anybody verbalize that.
1: Yeah, I would. They shouldn't. I don't know why. Because maybe there's something they can do about it. Of course, I one time after the uh, flood in 1991, I mentioned dredging the rivers. the people at Natural Resources were a little annoyed at me. But I think some kind of responsible dredging wouldn't be a bad idea, but um, apparently you're not supposed to say anything, but I did. Um, it just makes sense to me. Cause
0: I think that the reasonable, um, <laughs> I think it's reasonable so. to at least look at that,
1: to yeah. discuss
0: it. Uh, I know that there are some, um, you know, there's some concerns um, ecologically, environmentally, right. but I can't imagine that the five feet of silt that filled the riverbeds is any healthier for... Uh, the environment or the ecology of, of the the fish and the salamanders right. and such that are in there, that that's any healthier than what dredging might do. And if we can save a few human lives and some homes, yeah, I think it exactly. might be. It's worth the least of the discussion. Uh, I agree I can with be, you. Yep, I can go either way, and but and I, just, I think having the discussion is
1: important. Yeah, I do, too, because there's got to be help. I mean, they want us to move in Montpelier. They want to move Montpelier up to the college, and I'm like, well, that's going to take what 20 30 years to get that done. Yes. So anyway, so I yes. read that you had you sustained over $300,000 worth of damage and your insurance didn't cover part of it. Is
0: the the um the loss to the the retail portion our inventory of Nelson Hardware, right, is it's we had some um salvage. We probably had $50,000 in salvage. So at retail, it's probably $250,000 worth of inventory that we're going to end up at. We have documented about 160 of it so far. And we still still find stuff every single day where it says we're supposed to have five of a door lock on hand. Somebody needs three and there's only one on the shelf. And it was one of those items that was in the basement that floated away.
1: So, how when you, you you opened up fairly early on, like just a couple of days after the flood, how when you were talking about keeping your your um, employees safe, how what did you do to make sure they were safe with the mold and if you had any and and just the 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 smell uh, in the um, in the store itself? Um, I, I just I worry about mold. That's my biggest that's my biggest thing when you have water yeah. in a basement. I I have yeah. a little. A little paranoid about that
0: well we had um we actually had three floods, and I think folks that uh, that listen to me on the radio uh on w d e v probably have heard this before, but we had uh we had the regular flood pumped that down about eighty percent then we had a sprinkler pipe burst, and oh. that filled us up uh about five feet in the basement. And then we had a water heater that had been damaged, tip over and break a one-inch water line, and that continued to fill uh, the basement as well. So we were actually, it was Friday morning before we even could get into the basement to really assess anything. Uh, A lot of folks got their basements pumped out on Wednesday, and we were pretty good on Wednesday, and then it filled over Wednesday night into Thursday because of the broken, broken sprinkler pipe. And then filled again um, Thursday morning with the broken water pipe. So we had water for three or four days. We got kind of got on the back end of it. We didn't get started as quickly as everybody else did. And because of that, I think we had, because we had a lot of clean water come through there, I think it may have moved a lot of the silt. I'm not going to tell you that it wasn't there. It was nasty. It was gross. It was horrible. We used Tyvek suits. I ordered a bunch of Tyvek suits from um, Ace, who stocks them. The folks from um, Berrytown EMS had a bunch of Tyvek suits that they dropped off here at the store for us to distribute to anybody that needed them. So we had boxes of Tyvek suits from them. I can tell you that the only thing my staff and volunteers hated more than the silt and the mud and the water were the Tyvek suits they were hot and oh. nasty and miserable to to be in uh but they did uh, they did keep everybody uh you know they kept them fairly clean they sweated a lot okay. in them but they they did not get the dirt and mud and stuff all over them while they were okay. while they were working downstairs and of course we used masks yep. we also cleaned the once we got all the product out uh, we we hired um SR janitorials to come in they cleaned the basement. They got all the silt, all the mud, all the water puddles, puddles and stuff out from the downstairs. Uh, they did a nice deep clean for us, and then uh, we went through and sprayed mold. We did mold re- remediation as well. So the basement is it's still dusty because there's still dust down there. Uh, you know, you don't get all of the mud up. As you know, if you've parked in downtown Barrie and there's a little bit of wind, there's dust clouds because you just you can't get rid of all of the silt that's
1: left. So there's been a lot of talk from people um, on, on the radio, uh, around town, about encouraging people to move things like, like the fuse box and, and all that stuff upstairs on the on the first floor or even higher if you can. Have you changed anything around because of this or um, are you not able to because of uh, all the product you've got in the store
0: well we we are we will have uh, our electrical panels upstairs before I'd like to tell you by the end of October but uh, it depends one of the things that's frustrating in one of your notes to me you talked about the um, the city, the state, the right. the feds. And I am going to lump all this together. One of the frustrating things that, that we had to do is uh, we have to we have to find out what flood elevation is here in our buildings. So, we know that 603 is the flood elevation. 600 603 feet is yeah. the the flood elevation. We know that. What we don't know is where 603 feet sits on my first floor on my basement or on my second floor so my wife and i had to ask uh, an engineering firm to come and tell us where that is uh to the i don't know what the the price is going to be but if you've ever had engineering work done you know that it isn't free so we and the assumption is that each business or each property owner is going to have to do that and to me that's ridiculous that should be something that the state knows the state should give it to the municipality and the municipality should be able to provide it to everybody that needs it
1: that makes sense because um they they make these determination of what is especially in barry what is and isn't the flood zone so they've got access to uh to some of that information i would think Yes, it, they were. I mean, look at what happened to Peter Anthony, where he lived. I mean, that was that area is always flooded up. There are certain areas in Barry that flood. I yeah. mean, it's just unbelievable. When I was in the legislature, I represented the North End, and those people. Oh, I felt so bad for them. They just their houses. Oh, I heard your house was okay, right? You you didn't have to worry about that on top of everything else.
0: My, you know, we live in Barrytown. We're up on top of the hill, and uh, we're not. We had no problems. Our road, you know, our road washed a little bit, but uh, Barrytown as a whole, there were a a few isolated incidents, but uh, Barrytown certainly, certainly did not get devastated like Barry City did. I, I want to say that overall, the response from everybody was excellent. Uh, I will say that uh, both Barrytown. And Barry City were very proactive and, uh, and very progressive in making sure that things were available to people. Uh, there were, you know, there were trash dumpsters that the city provided that appeared very quickly out behind as they recognized people needed to get rid of, uh, stuff that was waterlogged and soaked and they were, they were picked up regularly. They did a really nice job. Uh, the folks from the emergency uh, services did a good job in communicating with us about you know what was going on and when it was going to go on and, and those types of things. One of the frustrations that that my wife and I found in applying with SBA um, and the Barry Community Loan Fund and with the B Gap is that they each wanted a little bit different information, oh. and uh, so. If you had everything all ready to go for one, you uploaded it, and then, when you applied for the next one, they wanted a little bit different information. If that could all be streamlined, that would be very, very helpful for those that are going to apply to multiple funds for either a loan or a grant. The other thing with that I complained uh representative Valant was stopped in the store. I don't know, maybe a month ago, and I had a conversation with her about the Small Business Administration and the fact that they're the federal government. I shouldn't have to upload my taxes, whether they be personal or whether they be business taxes, to send to them. I should be There should be a checkbox that says, I authorize you to look at my taxes. And because not everybody has access to scanning, not everybody has access to printers. So not everybody has the ability to be able to scan them in and then load them up with uh, their their application. Okay. So these well, are just some of the point. things that I'm hoping somebody out there is listening and will,
1: well, will think about a little bit. Well, I've had a lot of these people on the show. i will be glad to forward that on to them um, if you would like me to.
0: Yeah. Um, I
1: think those are great suggestions. Um, we make things unnecessarily complicated um and i know when i went to motor vehicles years ago we, we streamlined a lot of stuff because i'm like what are you asking all this information do you check no well then don't ask it what's the point um right. it's it's really something but i know they're working very hard and um uh there's some and my concern is that people don't know where to go uh so that's why we have them on the show um uh, a lot just so people know uh, what they have to do to get access to the funds that are available. My, yep. I'm going to waste up a couple minutes here. I'm pushing go bags. Do you remember years ago we all used to have go bags? So that mm-hmm. if something happened, you picked up this bag, it had all the copies of all your personal information, your taxes, your whatever you needed, and change of clothes, and blah, blah, blah. And I stopped doing mine, I don't know why, a bunch of years ago, and this sort of reminded me maybe go bags are not a bad thing to bring back. Because how much easier would it be? Like you said, people just don't have. Where do you Where do you get Where do you get your uh, your marriage license? I mean, where do you get stuff mm-hmm. if your town hall is a town is flooded out and um, just really hard to piece it all back together again? So that's my that's my latest passion in life is to get people to think about go bags. But Bob, I yeah. I'm so glad that at least on the surface you certainly look like you're back in business i went there this weekend as i said (laughs) i love that that the uh, table that you had loaded with the most amazing um towels kitchen towels (laughs) i was cracking up it's it's, everything is in that store it's thank you What whatever you need it is there and your staff i can't echo enough they were wonderful to me i um i asked them i have this problem what do i do and they were all over it um so I really thank you very much. Where are you expanding before we let you go?
0: There is uh there's a small space where coins and hobbies used to be. We're oh, we're sure. knocking down another wall and we're gonna take over that space. It's about fourteen hundred square feet. And wow. uh we should we you know, we started to do this prior to the flood and we thought we would be in there September 1st but it looks like it'll be closer to October 1st there's still some work to be done some lighting to be put in and then we've got to create the hole and uh, we're excited about that we will most likely use that as our seasonal space so during the summer you'll find all the gas grills and the accessories for that kind of thing and the wood the Traeger wood pellet grills and all that in there and then as we transition into fall it'll be Christmas and Christmas trees and that kind of thing, and also uh, snowblowers snow blowers and that kind of thing, so uh, we're very excited about it. Uh, it's uh, one more piece it uh you know I've said many times, my dad told me when his business, Nelson Brothers, had a fire many, many years ago that as 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 awful it is as it is, um, nobody was injured, nobody was hurt, and right. it's an opportunity to maybe do things better and to be better. And that's kind of the tact that uh, Linda and I and the staff here have taken is that uh, this is an opportunity for us to change the way that we do business a little bit because we're not going to have as much product in the basement, but also the opportunity with the space next door to expand and try to do things a little bit better for those of you like yourself that are coming in the doors. and,
1: yep. and uh,
0: You'll always get the great service at Nelson's. That's what that we do. That is
1: true. Bob, thank you very much. You are certainly an example of uh, Barry Strong and Vermont Strong. And we'll see you Saturday night from 7 to 8.45 um, with Native Tongue. We'll see you then. Thank you, Bob, so much for coming on and telling us your story. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having see me. You, Bob. Thank you. Um, for those who are sticking with us, we have a, just a few more minutes to go. I wanted to run by a couple of things that we talked about. Don't forget Bob Nelson, at the, I presume at the... Um, by the center of Barry there, singing away. Um, We have September 20th and 23rd, the Barry Harriet uh, Festival um, that we heard details about, and it sounds like it's going to be its usual fabulous event. Um, A couple of things new this year, which you need to check out, and um, the parade is on Saturday. There's bands all over the place. And the other thing that we did talk about was the North by Northeast um, Navigating Your Small Business Conference, which is uh, on the uh, – all the Vermont State University, the old VTC um, campus in Randolph, and that's Saturday, September 30th from 8 to 3.30. Please uh, check in with um, Tracy Lewis. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry, Sarah Monroe. I got my names uh, mixed up here. Um and uh, check in with them so that they have a lunch set p- aside for you. It's all free, and they, and um, on the uh, SBA um, website there's detailed information about each of the conferences, uh, each of the, the different sections, and um, it goes from 8 to 3, I think, and lunch is provided. It should be a great day, good way to um, socialize, and it's uh, directed at... W- um, businesses that are owned by one to three people. So it's clearly small business. Um, and that's about it. Um, we will be back um, next week. I have got the most exciting guest for you, a, a, pretty much a star in Canada who um, you will enjoy meeting so much. I'm very excited to call him friend, and um, you will learn all about... Um, Michael Morrison and what he does in Canada. So, have a great week and see you at at the Barry Heritage Festival. This is Tom McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on W D. E. V.